Salam alaikum everyone and welcome back to the Rogue Muslim podcast. It has been about 560 million centuries since I have recorded a podcast. Um, I don't even remember the last one I recorded. It was probably the 26 spiritual habits one. Um, and yeah, I just haven't recorded since. I started a new job and it just took over life and then that with other commitments and projects and committees and stuff I just haven't had a chance to properly um record also it feels weird talking to people now um so sometimes I wonder what in the lord's name would come out my mouth when I speak to people for um, the purpose of this podcast so inshallah I start that again I'm hoping for the summer um I'll get my weekends back so inshallah um but yeah, this is an annual, um, or the introduction to the annual Ramadan Spiritual Journeys podcast. At least this I have to keep me on track and accountable to put something out there. Um, but this is not, what am I trying to say? See, I've already forgotten. I've, I don't know how to speak anymore. Um, just inside, I hope everyone is well. Um, my brain went 16 different ways there <laughs> because I'm just not used to recording. Um, but I hope everyone's well. I hope everyone's safe. I know it continues to be a lot. Um, but I hope people are finding ways of surviving and inshallah even thriving. Um, I hope loved ones are safe. Um, I know this Ramadan... A lot of our loved ones aren't with us anymore, so um, if we could just pause and recite Surah Fatiha for them, you can pause this audio and we can recite Surah Fatiha for them. And I pray, inshallah, that everyone is reunited with their loved ones one day and are all uh, in the highest level of Jannah together. Um, um, I know with everything that's just happened, it often feels um, quite difficult um to hear the words of oh inshallah it'll be better inshallah this ends soon this is gonna end soon you know when covid ends we're gonna do this when we're faced with a pretty stark reality but i think it's at times like this that we really can appreciate hopefully the power of this month the power of ramadan and what it can do to um our connection with Allah and how that can provide hope. Not necessarily placing hope in the material world, not necessarily placing hope in um, perhaps one another's actions and the actions of community members and stuff, um, but placing hope in the ultimate person of hope or the ultimate light of hope, sorry. Um, and that even when we put our hope in the one with the, the I don't even know what I'm saying here. Um, what, well, I know what I'm saying. It's not coming out. Uh, when we put all our hopes in the one who holds all of the hopes, it releases the burden of hope as well. And I really, really, really pray that this month, along with providing a detox, along with providing increased taqwa, also provides us with a boost of increased hope and an understanding of where hope should lie and where it can lie and what it looks like because it looks really beautiful when hope lies ultimately in Allah and it relieves a lot of burdens and I pray I pray I pray that we all um 
generate that hope for ourselves and for our community, for the safety of ourselves and of the safety of our community, because um, it can be dangerous to only put hope, of course, in in mankind and in uh, in this dunya, this very temporary dunya. Anyways, um, so I hope everyone is well. Um, as I was saying before I jumped to this aside, is that this is the introduction to the Ramadan Journeys podcast. So if you've not listened to this before, it's an annual podcast that I do, um, wherein we follow the journeys of Muslims around the world as they venture into the month. So um, this month, we have got um, five, uh, sorry, four different guests. Um, who are going to be sharing their journeys, obviously, <laughs> that's what I just said. So this year we are following the journey of Neil Nasser from NMN Life Solutions. We've got Shaida or Shai from A Shy Lifestyle. We've got Rabia from Second Gen and we've got Saira from Breath of Henna. Um, so I'm so excited for you to hear their uh, reflections and their journeys in obviously um, this Ramadan and how um, they are practicing it. So we're going to do three different check-ins. The first check-in is going to be answering the following questions. So you're going to get an introduction to who these people are um, and where they're from. Um, we're going to understand what Ramadan means to them, how it's practiced and celebrated in their countries, how they prepare them for the month, or if they even do, um, what obstacles they usually face in the month, um, and then what unexpected eases they've found that they've experienced during the month. So this is previously, right? Not necessarily pertaining to this uh, month itself, um, even though we are nine days in, how, what, oh my God. Um, and then finally, we're going to know what their goals are for this month. And then the following episodes, will kind of be tracking those goals and asking about some of the eases that they faced this month, um, etc, etc. So, um, before we begin, and we are going to begin very shortly, you don't have to hear the, my random spiels much longer, um, but I just wanted to recite a quick dua. This is a dua, um, I'm not reciting it, I'm saying it out loud, and it's in English, and it's um, a dua that was written by a friend on Instagram. She's a really dear friend of mine, and I am always floored by her words. She's asked to remain anonymous, so I'm not going to share, but um, she was asked to remain anonymous on the platform. Um, but it's a dua that she wrote for the page, um, and it it is so beautiful. It is one of the most, it's just so beautiful. And it really just, um, connects with my soul. And I really pray that it connects with your soul. It's a dua for this month, but it's a dua for every month. Um, and so I just wanted to share it with you because I don't have the words that she has. Um, and I, I just think it's a very powerful, um, dua. So here it is. She says, May no veils exist between the core of your soul and the core of Allah's magnanimity. May whatever you yearn for in the deepest part of your being, which you struggle to find the words for, flow with ease in dua like a beautiful spring. May it be cathartic. May your broken pieces and the withered, withered parts of you be healed gently. 
carefully and lovingly by the gracious creator. May you establish such a connection with the Holy Quran that it, its nur and wisdom benefit you in every moment, in movement and in stillness. May your relationship with those around you be an unimaginable blessing for them and for you. May your journey back to him be overflowing with the deepest kind of love, light, and serenity. So I'm going to leave it from here for this introduction, and I pray all of these things um, are in your destiny and in um, and in the choices that you make, inshallah. But without further ado, here are um, the check-ins for the first episode of the Ramadan Journeys podcast. My name is Neil Nasser and I am from London. Alhamdulillah, thank you for this opportunity to Rogue Muslim um, to answer these questions. So Ramadan for myself is that MOT, that stop that self-check where we can give ourselves that service, that service of gratitude to reclaim that attitude, that spirituality where we connect again to Allah, to God, we get that centricness and increase our spirituality and, you know, all those wrongdoings, those sins that we've committed, all those wrong actions that we've taken throughout the year, it's a time to stop reflect and to do like a spiritual health check of ourselves and realign ourselves with the oneness of God. Um, here in the UK, Ramadan is practiced and celebrated really. It's a very diverse country with uh, mixed religions, people of different faith groups, non-faith groups. Um, it's great to kind of get involved with people who are from different religions, different sects, people that don't uh, even have a religion to show them the beauty of what we do, the fasting and uh, keeping ourselves away from that temptation throughout the the holy month. Um, I almost find that getting people involved with some of the charity work and showing them the kind of altruistic work that we do throughout this month, it's a, it's a great blessing and it almost brings humanity together. In terms of the preparation that I do for this particular month, I do a lot of charity work, so I tend to do some preparations um, a few months in advance where I would reach out to different charities and try to get involved in whatever way that I can with their campaigns um, and also prepare myself in terms of the fast, so I would I try my very best to fast as much as I can through the year. But as we go into the months of Rajab and Shaban, I try to keep as many fasts as I can to prepare my body and to prepare my spirituality. Um, so I'm ready when it comes to the holy month that I'm ready to actually get the most out of these uh, these days and these nights. Um, the general obstacles really of the month that we face is the the time, I suppose, um, the long fast that we have 
um, and the work that we have to do during the day. So sleep is probably the biggest obstacle that we face. We try to take naps in the afternoon or try to catnap where we can here and there to try to recharge ourselves. Um, but generally, I would say that getting enough sleep is probably the biggest obstacle that I face and probably a lot of people out there. But within that, there is a lot of unexpected eases um, you know, in, in this month and in previous fast, you know, that you find that you just have this drive and this passion to keep going and keep going. You find this energy. Again, I do a lot of charity work. I try to give back to the community in whatever way that I can, um, working on TV, media or um, just promoting other charities. And I find that I have like this drive and this energy that I find it just comes from, I don't know where it comes from, to be honest with you, it just comes from like this passion that I have in my heart and I feel that um, I have this energy and this energy gives me this unexpected ease and helps me through my fasts. In terms of my goals for this month really is to um, increase my spirituality, number one, really just want to reconnect and really just give myself that health check where am i where am i with my recitations i want to complete the quran um, alhamdulillah we have like a family group and we all sit each day and we try to read one juzah one separa of the quran each day um, i want to check my reading so everyone tries to help me um, to read arabic i'm, I'm learning arabic and uh, alhamdulillah it's, it's getting better each day um, also, I think with that, I just want to kind of reacquaint myself with uh, family members, uh, with with people that are around me. I've relocated to another area of London, which allows me to be closer to family, closer to friends um, from a different part of, of London. And it also assists me really in terms of what I'm, I'm doing and my goals for the future. But we never stop setting goals. Um, another goal is to kind of really establish my business. I uh, really want to um, make a go of what I'm doing, inshallah, as a, as a mindset life coach, a mentor and a trainer. I've set up a business called NMN Life Solutions. Uh, we offer one-to-one coaching, training. Uh, we help people with their well-being. So any listeners that are listening right now, they need any assistance, please do contact us. Inshallah, everybody that's listening, their Ramadan, if they're completing their fast, if they're take, partaking in this holy month, may it be successful for them. May they be rewarded in this life and the life to come, inshallah. And we keep everybody in our du'as. Please do keep us in your du'as. And thank you once again to the rogue Muslim for this opportunity. Thank you so much. Take care. Masalam. Khudafis. Hey Salams, I'm Shaida, actually also known as Shai, and I'm from London. Ramadan means to me, um, Ramadan is spirituality, it's building yourself, it's not only refraining from food and water, but it's also trying to be a better person than you were previously. So I'm always telling my kids, for example, if you're going to be mad and angry, then do don't fast, because it's all about being nice lovely, helping and caring for one another. It's also a time for you to reconnect with your Lord. So it's simple things like 
doing a little extra prayer or reading the translation of the Quran that you may not know or dua that you may not know but have heard several times and acting on those things. So, for example, someone right now has told me about a dua that we recite um, for the reappearance of our 12th Imam, dua and literally the meaning is to safeguard him. But do we really know what that meaning is of safeguarding him? Are we doing all we can for him? So when we read the meaning, we really need to feel it from within. We're telling Allah not only to safeguard him, but to safeguard our world. To safeguard it when he comes back and we're ready for him. So Ramadan is connection. For me and my family, it's all about connection with the spiritual world, the physical world, and the mental world. Preparation for Ramadan starts well before Ramadan's even coming. I'd say a month, two months beforehand. We know it's coming. We know it's coming. So I actually start fasting a few months in advance. I do one or two here and there. It's recommended to fast on Monday and Thursdays. And my kids start preparing because they're like, oh, mommy, it's coming, it's coming. Don't forget this groceries. Don't forget this food we like to eat at Suhoor. But we also start preparing with reading a little bit more Quran, getting in tune with our inner selves. We also start looking at decor that we'd like to have this year. Or we start preparing meal menus that we'd like to have at Suhoor or Iftar. But we also start preparing... If it wasn't COVID, we'd start preparing guest lists of who to invite to our house for breaking fast with us. Obstacles that I face in this month. Oh my God, it's living without coffee. Definitely living without coffee. But it's also keeping my temperament at bay because we're all hungry, tired, thirsty. And I juggle four kids, four school runs, um, my husband's business. It's a lot of work, but we keep it all at bay. I think our biggest struggle is not getting mad at each other for little things, like when everyone's calling you mommy, mommy at the same time. I think that would be my biggest bane of my life. So we just try and avoid that hurdle. We do coloring, we do painting, we try to distract ourselves from getting agitated with, another, with one another. I think my also thing is waking up so early to eat. Usually when I fast, I don't eat. But I have to wake up because I have kids. I have a husband who needs to be fed. So I think lack of sleep is definitely my hugest obstacle. Unexpected eases that have come are like little blessings. So for example, the other day I was working on a huge project for my community and my mother-in-law calls and she's like, oh, I'm coming over today. I was like, oh, how lovely. But when my mom comes over, she cooks for us. So I knew I wouldn't have to have fifth hour. And I was like, how am I going to juggle everything? And Allah just sends me little angels to help me along my way so she came over and she cooked for us we all had iftar together which was really nice um another beautiful unexpected ease is my kids just pulling together at iftar time like they know mommy's fasted all day and she's worked all day so my cup of coffee would be ready for me and sometimes it's just a little blessing that goes a long long way as a person for ramadan is to better myself it's to reconnect um i for me also, it would be to learn stuff from the Quran. So right now I'm listening to Sayyid Amara's lectures. Um, he's doing a whole episode on Quran, Tafsir and fasting. And it's actually eye-opening for me to see how many things are mentioned in the Quran. He did fasting. The other day was um, abusive women who are abused. Um, another lecturer at our community, Mustafa Masood, he's doing it on nafs. It's just... Um, 
to better myself, I think, is my biggest goal when it comes to Ramzan because I can learn so much. But I guess we get carried away in worldly affairs when it's not Ramzan. And I really want to give back. So when I learn, I, then I tell my friends or I tell my kids and then we sit down and discuss it. And it's just opening our eyes to what's out there and how we can be better people. My name is Rabia Mirza. I live in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. I am a Muslim. I am a working mother and I'm a policy analyst for the federal government. It's so interesting because to me, there is really a dichotomy between how I remember Ramadan as a child and what it meant to me then and what it means to me now as an adult with all my lived experiences. Growing up, Ramadan meant the opportunity to get together with friends and family to do something religious together. It was enjoyable in that regard. I enjoyed the rituals. I enjoyed waking up early with my family just to do it. But as an adult, I really focus a lot more on the meaning of Ramadan that brings me closer to my faith, that allows me to reflect spiritually, that gives me the opportunity to repent, to acknowledge things that I could do better, how I could be a better person, how I could be a better Muslim. In my experience growing up in Canada, mostly Muslims prepare privately for Ramadan and um, and observe Ramadan, but there seems to be an increased interest by non-Muslims to better understand uh, the month of Ramadan, what it means, and how we observe and practice, which is actually a really a huge shift for those of us who grew up post 9-11. But at the end of the day, the work day, the work week is not really designed to be flexible, to meet uh, Muslims' needs. So there isn't really an opportunity to take an afternoon nap or to close out early or late. Um, so yeah, mostly mostly we celebrate and observe and practice in private. We do get to have iftar parties with our family and friends and meet one another um, regularly at the mosque during Ramadan. But of course, that is in a non-COVID situation. I am not really used to preparing for Ramadan. Um, I usually only prepare mentally. I try to get myself in the zone to practice more spirituality, to kind of review all of the things that I know I need to practice ahead of the month. But this year we did kind of try to prepare properly. We did our groceries intentionally. We bought all the ingredients for our favorite iftar meals and snacks, um, for pakoras, fruit chaat, we bought some samosas, and ruavza, of course, a staple. My biggest challenge has always been waking up early for sehri and for fajr. Um, but I've increasingly noticed, especially in recent years, that it's been really challenging to shift my attention away from social media during the month of Ramadan. Um, Ironically, you know, hunger has not really been a challenge and neither has 
focusing on more pure thoughts or not um, speaking ill of people, but definitely keeping my mind and my eyes and my ears away from um, things on social media that I probably should not be looking at, even outside Ramadan, has been a bigger challenge for me. Probably the biggest unexpected ease, uh, if I can call it that, has been controlling my hunger. I am really, alhamdulillah, grateful to be able to say that I've successfully been able to think my hunger away. And I build on that every year, which is such a fantastic practice. I almost wish uh, I did it more often throughout the year. I really want to make sure that my goals this year are realistic and achievable. And uh, to that effect, definitely one of my goals is to expand my knowledge about my faith and about um, the Prophet Wasallam's life and his companions. That's an aspect I've never really looked into during this month. So I'm going to try to focus more on that. And of course, along with that, to pray more, making the time to pray more. Assalamualaikum, sister. So good to finally be here in your sacred space. My name is Saira Hussain. And I am a Canadian-Pakistani Muslim woman living in Toronto, Ontario, and was born and raised here in Canada. So first gen, and I am so very privileged to be here in this, in the, on this great earth. I think that this path that we've all kind of fallen into about reclaiming our self-worth, wanting to dive into spirituality and reassessing our worth as the species of humanity, I think that itself is a privilege. And Ramadan, this time of Ramadan, has always given us the opportunity to move into our energetic fields in understanding what it is that we are truly meant to do on this world, that our soul is actually in its earth suit. And again, this is all shared wisdom. These aren't just my words, but words of many ancestors, the indigenous within all walks of life, all creeds, all cultures, all colors. And Islam is just one of those beautiful ways of life that we, I myself, am very privileged to be a part of as it allows recollection and reconnection with all humanity, all walks of life, from those who are less fortunate. And then it causes me, intrigues me to ask me those questions. Are they truly less fortunate? Or are we less fortunate that we are unable to see the basics of life? So Ramadan in its essence is truly a way that has given us the opportunity and gives us the opportunity, alhamdulillah, every year to really ask us those discomforting, uncomfortable questions while facing these adversities like right now where Ramadan is a time of reflection. The practice itself is very much individualized. 
as though I believe, because it really depends on what phase and what life transition you have unfolded yourself to. And I say this with the awareness that this adversity that we're in has really helped us reclaim our intellect and again with confidence and courage where it is that we are in this life today ramadan in canada ramadan in north america it's where i live is celebrated again right i can't speak for the community at large but what i can say is that people are more inclusive to their approach to understanding what Ramadan is. And I think here with the celebrations, we have community interactions. um, We have virtual events that are now happening. When I was growing up, Ramadan for me was, um, you know, the 30 days. So I started when I was 11 and we went on up until now at 33. So that's 22 years. Many things have shifted. I'm now married 2019 till present and Ramadan is is a is a union amongst family members. I mean, I can only imagine what it is to those who are alone, separated, isolated from their families, who have lost their beloved due to war, regime, um, you know, chronic stress, neurodegenerative diseases, all those things, illnesses, where you know, I believe that here within our communities we are we are practicing gratitude we are practicing that we are able to feel liberated um we are liberated here in the sense of being muslim being seen and identified as muslim women i for one am not visibly seen um in the sense of being a muslim because well i think many in the media have just juxtaposed or identified that Muslim men and women wear certain clothing based on cultural relations. And I think this needs to be questioned as, you know, what truly makes us practitioners, uh, practitioners, sorry, of Ramadan. And that comes down to your own individual dini, iman, um, your, your love for the divine, I think. And that here is is being heard more and more because we have, you know, things like social media, we have the virtual event spaces, we have private sister community groups. Um, I'm the founder of the Love Letter community. So, you know, we speak about individualism, but we also speak about our beliefs very openly and profoundly in spaces and question it and not be afraid to question it. So I think what makes Ramadan so special here in North America is that we're able to really question because God, the divine, Allah is one with Allah, wants us to question what it is that we're being taught, not just by our societies, but also within the confinements of the Quran and its teachings. And I think this itself can be seen in many, many ways, um, the, the righteous path that we need to um, unfold ourselves to so we can see our true selves, mirror our true selves. And we have that here in Canada where we can mirror, um, you know, if someone is a first-gen um, Canadian and then obviously is Muslim but is born and raised here, um, you know, you always have that where you have those separation anxiety issues or those belonging issues or those, you know, you have that chronic um, dilemma where, 
you can't sleep because there's, you know, there's all these questions inside those racing minds. Um, the inner critic comes out. And I think mental health, because it is so um, valid here, it's being valued here more than ever before. I think this makes the Ramadan journey a lot easier, where before it was as simple as just opening up a fast and, you know, celebrating Eid and waiting for those 30 days, you could celebrate Eid and get the Eid and just get your henna done. And, you know, that's it, there's Ramadan, but it there, there's more to these goals as we transition through different phases of our lives. Um, so, yeah, I always think about how to, how do I prepare? Number one, <laughs> when I was growing up, my Ami, Alhamdulillah, say, you know, and she still does till date. It's nice because, um, and I won't say that who doesn't fast and who does fast, because I truly believe that that is up to one's own journey. But my parents, Alhamdulillah, you know, it's, I've seen my mother wake us up in the morning, my dad too, you know, coming home late from work when we were in our, in our, um, teens, like preteens, and they would wake us up and then we would literally come down, have our parata, have our alu, um, carbs on carbs, not knowing what that did for our, <laughs> our blood sugars and our insulin and all that. We had no idea because, you know, it's easier when you're younger, you're just getting fed, um, all you want to do is be fed and, you know, you're tired, you're privileged, you're lazy or exhausted and you're just kind of forced to do it, I think, in that sense. And even though you're looking forward to it because you're like, oh, God will love me more. And, you know, being <laughs> being raised in a Pakistani Muslim household here in Canada, you know, a lot of things were taught directly from our parents. So, you know, of course, you know, in all traditions, there's like, you know, to fear God, um, but God will love you if you do this, beta. So there was that. There was also allowances. Like if we fasted, our parents encouraged us with allowances. You know, and now when I look at it, I'm like, oh, so they bribed us. But it was it was it was pretty funny. And then we always got to during iftari, uh, the breaking of fast, we would go to the convenience store and we would buy like, you know, a jawbreaker back then in oh my goodness, it was like Lemington and then we traveled through. So I was born in Hamilton and then we moved to uh, Kitchener, Waterloo. And then after that, we also had moved to Lymington, Windsor. And then after that, I came to Markham, Richmond Hill, which I stayed in for about 11 to 12 years, with my family and then Aurora. And that's where I got married. Um, and then here I am in Vaughan. So I really traveled throughout Ontario. Um, and my youth was we had a lot of travels. We had a lot of uh, family friends come over for iftari. Um, you know, obviously, there's the Lelatul uh, Qadr dates, you know, Imam Ali Islam Shahada dates as well. So, I mean, just knowing and being so, again, privileged um, where it came to having the doctrine, but also having the knowledge just shared to us and never being able to question it was, was quite the easy um, regime when it came to building a healthy routine around Ramadan. But now that I'm older, 33, married, I feel as if like there are so many more questions that I have about Ramadan and how I I would prepare for it. So preparation for my husband and I, um, now we're very much into holistic health. Um, I am a holistic health practitioner. Um, I'm also an intuitive uh, spiritual uh, creator. So I help women with their self-worth, their self-esteem, um, addressing their, you know, um, and building their sympt uh, symptomatic pictures where they, if they are stressed, if they are facing chronic insomnia, two things that I did struggle with for 20 and six years. So um, with Ramadan and preparation, sleep, 
great sleep, um, hydration. You know, if it's not just internal, then you're looking at external uh, topical usages as well. So there's like herbs like aloe vera, there's probiotics like yogurt, there's turmeric, which is a great anti-inflammatory. Um, there's garlic. And just in making sure that our immunity is ready um, with nice, delicious which is like a broth, a bone broth that you can make very simply by just, you know, um, boiling the chicken and then adding in, you know, your garlic, your turmeric, your clove, all really great anti-inflammatory herbs um, that'll just help decrease the bloating, any lethargy, any tiredness. And then, of course, looking at your sehri, your suhoor, which is basically your nutritional value. So what do you wish to have? And because our sleep is so... I know our sleep routine, our circadian rhythms, um, you know, definitely change progressively as we age um, and obviously work, societal, familial, um, you know, different other conventional, you know, work methods and all that. We're very privileged right now that we are in this pandemic. Unfortunately, lives have been lost, but also looking at how we can actually reschedule our routines and walk along the path of, oh, okay, so if I'm having this headache during my my rosa then what is it that i had in my diet that created this or what is it that this pain is trying to tell me in my diet um sorry in my body or what is it that this um if i have my period then i know that i need to have my healthy fats i need to have my protein i need to have my minerals um regardless of whenever i have my menstrual cycle or not where i'm unable to fast i make sure that within that time i'm building restoring and recollecting um you know my immunity so that i'm able to again when fast start again and when i have to make up for them i'm able to do so because i have this incredible vessel this body and again like i share these events and situations um you know these um these experiences on my page breath of henna and the love letter community which are both on social media on instagram and facebook um and i also have a personal blog on the breath of henna.com uh site where I mention all these incredible tools, herbs, holistic alternative health. Um, you know, I have friends that are holistic, a certified holistic nutritionist that, you know, I can ask and they will help me if I'm, I've been dairy free. So, you know, the traditional and also gluten free now for the last like eight months, I can't have those traditional samosas and pakoras. You know, I'm blessed that I have, um, you know, aunts and, and mothers. Um, I have two moms, so my mom and then my mother-in-law who are actually looking forward to sustaining their health as well so they really look at you know whole grains gluten-free whenever their kids are over then you know rice paper rolls instead of the spring rolls made out of you know whole wheat bleached flour or whatever it may be um you're really looking at okay how can i restore um and um, i think that restoration process comes as you leave your home when you leave that that sense of you know uh, independence, um, codependency to them becoming independent. And I think that's something that really makes a huge difference. Oh, Lord. <sighs> Obstacles. Okay, so I'm definitely... <laughs> okay, so I'm definitely going to be very gentle with myself when I answer this next question. The obstacles are infinite, right? The adversities are infinite and they're here to teach us lessons. And I say this with humility and I say this with, again, the awareness that I had with 
after struggling with depression these last four months um, from November 2020 till uh, February 2021. I was in a very dark space. And um, my husband, luckily, has been working on his mental health since uh, April 2020 till till present and he's been working out and he's been doing so many incredible things and he's always pushing me and motivating me. But what I found is that because of the work that I was doing and because of the role that I play, because of the gifts that Allah SWT has given to me as a woman who is ideally just a cheerleader for all of her sisters, I had for so long forgotten that the love that I had for others was also very much needed for myself. And so that is an obstacle that I am so grateful to be facing because of the awareness that we have now about our own health, our well-being, and not just within Ramadan, I would say, but Ramadan in its, it just ironically fell into, not even ironically, I believe it was done with intention. This intention of, you know, it being spring, a time for rebirth, restoration, rejuvenation, and Ramadan also in alignment with this cleansing restoration. Because a lot of people, and I'll get back to that, a lot of people talk about, oh, it's the time to detox. Like, you know, I need, I need to detox. I need to, I'm going to uh, lose weight. tempting even the sugars because I developed a uh, cystic uh, hormonal acne and I've noticed that at many times people will share um, you know these delicious foods and you never want to say no usually traditionally in our homes what happens is we go to one another's home um, we would without the pandemic and we would actually um, offer visit our aunts and uncles or our parents now, we would provide, you know, a meal or like, you know, a basket of fruit or something. So <laughs> whenever I go to my parents, um, you know, they make all these delicious, you know, high sodium, I mean, they're getting better, but definitely like spicier, um, saltier dishes that it's very tempting in my saliva and my hydrochloric acid just, oh, there, there's a whole party inside. So 
um, definitely another obstacle is, you know, maintaining that healthy diet nutritionally, uh, making sure you have great hydration, um, your skin is hydrated, the energy. But luckily, um, I included spirulina, which is a great protein um, source, also great for minerals and vitamins and leafy greens, which a lot of us forget to actually have. Um, I've noticed that I wasn't eating enough leafy greens. So those past obstacles have now been replaced with restorative techniques and healthy nourishing foods, um, supplements like vitamin D, spirulina. I have my protein powder, you know, so anything that I think that my body needs because um, of movement, of work, you know, we're all in this, you know, at home work state. Um, but we also need to take an effect Um you know, that we can feel tired if we're not able to, if we're not including those nutritious uh, details and um, these delicious foods that we do need. So my obstacles are definitely the emotional imbalances, the energetic imbalances, and definitely uh, temptation, <laughs> I would have to say, during, um, during iftari um, once in a while. Ramadan is such a beautiful time, honestly, and I didn't, I didn't realize how truly spiritually aligned or connected um, I was. I mean, like I knew that I wanted um, a partner who was just as enthusiastic about Ramadan and obviously Islam, um, you know, our culture. Because I was born and raised here, my husband is was born and raised in Lahore, Pakistan, and we met online. Um, which I had mentioned to you as well, we met in 2006 and we were online exchanging emails, letters, uh, letters, yes, letters. <laughs> I hope people still do that, but the letters, the handwritten notes are just so wonderful. Not the best handwritten letters. Um, most of it I couldn't read because it seemed as if he was quite nervous, but um, his central nervous system was kind of kicking in quite a bit. Um, but uh, definitely with ease, I think this uh, last year, um, and it's challenging this year because last year we had the pandemic. It was like a challenge. It was like, we can do this. So I think the motivation really came from not only having a partner that was just as enthusiastic as I was, but we were just on, um, we had just began, begun the, the path of you know, holistic health and well-being. And so our diet changed uh, completely. We started addressing um, and building a symptomatic picture around, okay, so what foods actually help us um, stay energized and enjoying those, you know, afternoon naps together after namaz once in a while, because obviously work had just, um, you know, he, he was laid off in March and then I work in the events. I was working in the events industry for a very long time. So I was codependent on, you know, the events industry and planners and services to tell me, Hey, okay, so this event is happening. So I, we really got that time to rest and rejuvenate. And obviously we had the, some financial backing from the government. So that was helpful, but going on to this year, you know, our goal is to, um, as a personal goal, you know, I always tell myself that I want to make sure that I'm not in the same place that I was last year in regards to business advancements, personal health care, mental health, emotional health, physical health. I realized that the eases that we had last year are not the eases that we have this year. They're completely different. And I think the ease that we have this year is that, yes, we're more aware, but we are tired we are very, very, very tired. Um, many of us, I mean, right now, currently, like I'm recording this 
uh, podcast with you and, you know, it's tech based, um, you know, but how often are we able to write our answers and send them abroad, um, you know, and um, then exchange that letter? I mean, pen pal days were so incredible. So the ease really does come from um, holistic health, having the awareness, community events. Um, you know, last year, again, the pandemic had just started, um, even though it's it's horrible. Um, you know, there has been the death total is just, again, we won't get political here, but um, my prayers and duas are to all those families who have lost their loved ones. But also in this time of Ramadan, um, there has been so much more um, that I think our, that our journey has, has really just begun. So in addressing the eases, nothing is truly easy if anything, it's comfort. And I think the ease comes from wanting to connect with the divine and finding space in your heart with loving breath and meditation. I believe in deep meditation. Last year, I did much, many hours of that. This year, because I had just come out of a darker space, I realized that I am still grieving. And so it is not as easy fasting this year as it was last year. And also, as I'm looking at the clock, it is almost 313, which is another spiritual number of mine. So it just ironically, again, with intention comes this time that the divine is listening, watching and does care for his creation, you know, and that's us, that's his people. And um, his beings, his creations, and we all have a gift. And so Last year also, I created a series of drawings and illustrations that really helped me choreograph the emotions um, of my of my well-being, of my health, of my, you know, life transitions. And I created the art therapy print shop, which is now on my website as well. And I really feel like those drawings helped, as we did as well, um, put together a really great um, play of, of art that could help heal and help others receive love for themselves. I think art truly is going to be that, that modality that I'll be using again and again. And I have created a new breast series, but now in paint, and I'm so excited about this. So I'm really looking forward to completing the series this Ramadan. And um, again, partnership, good nutrition, healthy sleep. I mean, that just really helps you um, with a great, great fast and a great ritual around fasting. And um, again, lessen your screen time before going to bed. Don't go on your screen um, as you're um, eating sehri or opening iftari. Those are the two greatest things I loved about, that I love about Ramadan is that, you know, usually when you have dinner, you're always on your phone, you're texting, you're on a call, but during Ramadan, it's like, nope, phones are gone because all you want to do is just give the respect and value to your food, um, to God, the divine, um, for this delicious food, the gratitude, the peace, the patience, the, the ability to connect is just so profound. And I think, you know, we're really blessed to, to be in the space to those who are listening that aren't Muslim, um, but are interested in fasting. I mean, this is just an incredible time um, of reconnecting with your essence and trying to really declutter your mind so that you can 
unfold yourself to the darkness, to your true self, to your wild woman, your inner child, and really see and feel what it is that you are actually trying to say um, in this time to yourself, to push yourself, to motivate yourself. Um, if it's through anger, is it truly anger? Or is that from a systemic belief? Is that an intergenerational traumatic wound? Where is that wound stored? So again, looking at brain health, looking at you know sleep health, looking at our hormonal health, looking at different creative outlets have all truly influenced me in providing me the ability to fast and fast um, so that I can connect with the divine. So lots of love. Thank you so much. My goals for this month are to find that inner peace. If it is even a slice of pie that I can have that readdresses to me in full spirit with, and again, I, I have the power to use clairvoyancy, so I'm a very visual person. And whenever I go into a meditation, I'm able to see and feel color, visuals, and I'm able to connect with the divine messages. So for me, my goals are to increase the spiritual power because God has given me a gift. And I hope that this Ramadan, I can reveal my true self to myself and not have to worry about the perfectionism or the abilities or the, the roles and the titles and all those things as I am, you know, here to help women and to help specifically women, but not limited to, um, with their self-esteem and self-worth and within relationships, I too have my own relationship. So a lot of us, myself have often found it easier to help others, but in the way of masking, ourselves so that we can so that we don't deal with what it is that we're going through and I think that is something that I've allowed myself to to become over the years because I was afraid that that I wouldn't be enough to love that I wouldn't be enough to be a good daughter, that I wouldn't be enough to be a good sister, or I wouldn't be enough to be a good artist or an entrepreneur or a good Muslim. And I think because of how society has framed us and molded us, confined us to be in these, in our own bodies, we have forgotten that our body actually truly belongs to us but even before that to the divine. So this Ramadan, I truly hope that I can, even if, again, if it's a slice of pie or, you know, one atom in my body shifts because it takes one atom, one molecule, one cell to start to vibrate in consciousness and to bring in that that compassion for the self so that the self can truly start to feel as if they are, and they know that they are knowledge, and they know that they are love, and they know that they are whole. And this for me is the greatest gift. And I just got goosebumps even just saying that. So 
I'm definitely on a very deep cleanse. And I know that a lot of people are like, well, how will you survive if you move so further in that you're on, that you disconnect yourself? Well, that is the truth. And in this journey that I feel that loneliness and isolation, if we don't have the right tools, then there will be harm. Harm will come. Disease will come. Pain will come. But pain before the disease comes, pains comes. And if we are, are unable to understand the message that pain is telling us within our body and we're unable to address the symptoms and we're unable to pray and ask for forgiveness and ask for an open mind and ask for love for ourselves, then what is it that we're actually asking for and how will these asks help us on our future, on our future journey, our spiritual journey, our post-earth journey. So there, there's a lot. I feel like this question itself, goals, is loaded. But right now, I just wish for even a moment of that realization that I am whole. I think that itself is, is so beautiful. And that I don't need you know, mixed media and all these outlets to define who I am because I am whole. Thank you so much. Okay, so that is it for check-in one of the Ramadan Journeys uh, podcast series. Thank you so much to Neil, Shaida, Rabia, Saira for sharing your incredible check-ins. I know I learned a lot and I felt a lot. I felt very spiritually motivated and elevated. And I'm really, really excited to um, continue on and learn from all of you and learn about your experiences and journeys this uh, Ramadan. And if you all enjoyed uh, hearing this, please, please, please do check out the platforms of these incredible individuals. All of the platforms will be uh, left in the show notes below. And if you fancy, you can also check out Rogue Muslim on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm most active on Instagram. So, um, if you think that I have been in a hiatus for a year, I have not. Uh, I just spend a lot of my time there. Um, so it's all just at the Rogue Muslim. And um, come on over, chat. If you have um, any questions or um, you know topics that you'd like for the podcast to discuss, I'd be really happy to hear that. I am, like I said, inshallah, hoping to start back in the summer so when I have a little bit more time on the weekend. So I would love to hear... Uh, what kind of conversations you'd like to have. I hope everyone is staying well and safe and that your Ramadan has um, started off well, inshallah, and that your goals and your connection with Allah is increasing day by day. Remember, it is just step by step, moment by moment, day by day. There's no pressure. It's just between you and God, okay? Um, so inshallah, we will check in in a few weeks with how um everyone is doing but until then stay safe um and please do keep us in your prayers